Hello and welcome to Traditional Medicine Podcast. I am your host, Carl Levick. This is our second episode and I really want to talk about the basics. What are the basics? I'm not getting into medicine quite yet. I'm getting into what kind of blockages you may experience to understanding the content that I'm going to give you, which is probably lack of information. Maybe you didn't know about these medicines before. And I am making sure that we don't leave you behind. I want to make sure that everybody has a chance to understand the information that I'm about to give in these episodes. So that is what we're going to do. We're going to make sure that you have a foundation to get started, even opening up to these concepts, the concepts that are given to um, us by traditional indigenous healers. If this is the first time that you've tuned into this podcast, let me tell you a little bit about what you can expect. We're going to be talking about Amazonian and high Andean healing traditions of Peru. For nine years, I've been volunteering with various healers and their centers, and that is what this is kind of about. It's it's about giving you that information and distilling a lot of that experience from those nine years so that you can benefit from my experience. Okay, so let's get started today on this episode. The first thing that is going to block you from understanding what I'm about to tell you is your perception. Perception has been shaped by propaganda, okay, in our countries, in more modern countries, in the Americas, etc. Okay. And I want you to be aware of that. Make sure that you're not closing up because someone else lied about something to you, to your grandparents, to people way, 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 way back for things that had nothing to do with your well-being, but theirs. So I want you to be aware of that. You make that judgment, but let me tell you about propaganda against traditional indigenous healers that you need to understand as someone that grew up on this continent. So propaganda why? Why propaganda against traditional indigenous communities? Well, pretty simple. When the English and the Spanish came to steal land, steal riches, steal all these different things and pillage these communities, they needed a reason why they were doing this that their people could understand. See, because they were supposed to be Catholic. They were supposed to be Christian. This is really going against a lot of their very core beliefs. Things like love thy neighbor, don't steal, don't kill. What it means to have values, uh, loyalty, honor, how to serve God. This was contradicting every single major pillar of their religion, okay, and what was expected of them morally. So they were like, how do we do this? I really want their gold. I really want their land. I really want to get the riches. So how do I make this okay? And that way to do that was propaganda against the traditional indigenous communities that they were stealing from. And one of those things was they're doing witchcraft, they're barbaric people. They're really not good people. Well, how convenient that that's what they are. How convenient. My lucky day. Uh, You know, what are the chances that you just happen to come across a bunch of gold, a bunch of great land, but but they were just, they just happened to be bad people. And what we're doing is actually awesome. That's really convenient. That is kind of what this propaganda was all about, making it convenient for them to be able to do what they did. I've written a a blog about the similarities between traditional indigenous healing modalities and Catholicism and Christianity. You'll understand that it's really coming from the same place. They didn't talk to each other, but they're connecting to the same things. There's too many similarities for the 
them to be fighting. There's much more similarities and there's so much that can be learned. I talked to Akiro and I think someone was talking about, you know, this, the cross that Christian, that Catholics do across their chest, the Holy Trinity. And one of the Kiros did that and he's like, this is very good. This is very good what they're doing. And all the time they work with other Christians, with Catholics around them, and they actually honor those holidays. They don't work on those holidays. And it's not because the Spanish invaded. It's because they know what that signifies. They know the value of some of those traditions, some of those customs, some of those teachings. And that's why they accept that. A lot of healers in the Amazon, I've heard them incorporate elements of Catholicism in their lives and not to represent something else, but quite literally. First time I ever heard them, they were reciting a Catholic prayer. And I was really, really confused because I was not expecting to hear a Catholic prayer in an ayahuasca ceremony. And I asked him and I said, hey, I, I heard you give a Catholic prayer. Why'd you do that? And he's like, I'm Catholic. And so they are able to consolidate too. Why can't we? Be careful that it's not propaganda. Okay. Just be aware of that because that just doesn't make any sense. All right. So let's talk a little bit about biomedicine. Biomedicine has really come a long way in a very short amount of time. To give you an idea of how new it is, people were offering all kinds of different healing services in the 1700s, late 1800s. And I'm talking about surgeries. People were performing surgeries and doing the things that doctors do now, except doctors now actually know what they're doing. It was only in the 1760s that New York decided it was time to regulate what was happening. They decided to do that to protect people because there were a lot of ignorant and unskilled people trying to make a living and they were putting a lot of people in danger. People were losing limbs and losing their lives. Even after requiring individuals to pass an exam, be approved, be in a two-year apprenticeship with a reputable physician or graduate from a college of medicine, the president of the New York State Medical Society said in 1818 that most practicing medicine were, and I quote, ignorant, degraded, and contemptible. That should help you have a better idea of where biomedicine was at one point in time. Even historians at that time made remarks about those practicing and said, few physicians among us are eminent for their skills. Biomedicine only really got started sometime between the 1800s, early 1900s. So the modern medicine, the biomedicine that we have grown to love and appreciate today has really not been around for that long, whether it's in the Americas or whether it's worldwide. And it really had to fight for its excellence. Sometimes it had to be incredibly narrow-minded in terms of how it viewed medicine. When people experienced paradigm shifts or presented ideas that were really going to revolutionize everything, sometimes it didn't go so well for them because they're not necessarily known for liking when people rock the boat. But you could really hardly blame them. Modern medicine, biomedicine, has really only been around for a few hundred years, which is really nothing compared to the amount of time that traditional indigenous healers have been refining their traditions. When people call biomedicine traditional medicine, I don't think that that's correct because what's traditional of the Americas is actually traditional indigenous medicines. That's why our project is called Traditional Medicine, because I think it's important to honor the medicines that came first here in the Americas. Biomedicine is very new compared to indigenous traditional medicines because we've been developing that. Our ancestors have been developing that for thousands of years and have 
retained that knowledge since pre-Columbian time. The Kiro, for example, the Kiro community has retained even the weaving, even their patterns since pre-Columbian times. They have that knowledge and we have to understand to value that knowledge too because they certainly value biomedicine. Healers very, very frequently decide whether or not their healing modality is right or biomedicine is the right way to go. And a lot of clients are very surprised to see that because you're never going to see a doctor say, hey, you need to go to your traditional indigenous healer. You're never going to hear that. Okay. They know when to apply what medicine when. That is true knowledge. That is true wisdom to see the entire picture. That is a major difference between biomedicine and traditional indigenous medicines. That traditional medicines know exactly where biomedicine fits in, but somehow biomedicine doesn't know where they fit in. And that has to change because in order for us to get a really good, clear look at what health really is, we need to understand that. We need to understand that we are not just meat bags. We are much, much more than that. All right. So um, that is that is kind of important. Biomedicine needs to figure out how to play nice because we could we could really use each other. There was one time when a healer in the Amazon had told me about a story where there was a kid that came to him. His his parents brought him and his parents were like, OK, we know for a fact this is like witchcraft for sure. And the healers, OK, well, let me check his field. Let me let me see what's going on. And then he was able to see that it was actually an appendix that was ready to burst, like ready to burst. And this kid was sick. He looked weak and white and pale. And the healer said, right now, immediately we need to get on a boat and take this kid to the hospital because his appendix is about to burst. This is not witchcraft. This is his appendix and we need to go to the hospital. And so they went and got a private boat in the middle of the night, which cost them a lot of money, but they knew somebody that, that was able to do it. And so they went on the boat and they rushed him to the hospital. The healer went with him in the hospital. He went with the family and the doctor's like, what's wrong with him? And the healer is like, his appendix is about to burst. You need to operate now. You need to get it out. And the doctor's like, oh, who are you? Are you a doctor? You know, all this kind of stuff. And this poor healer's like, God, how do I? It's so frustrating because I don't know. I don't know how to explain to you how I know this because you don't even have a basic foundation and knowledge about the work that I do. How can I explain this to this man? And so anyway, they end up doing tests for this kid. And of course, the doctor found that his appendix was in fact ready to burst. So they immediately go and operate on this kid. And as the doctor was removing the appendix, it was it literally just burst in his hand, okay? And they got it out in the nick of time. And the doctor came back to the healer and said, how How did you know that? That really paints the picture of what we're dealing with here. Biomedicine currently is, is expanding its knowledge, thank goodness. So they're offering alternative and complementary medicines now in universities and medical schools, but still very much behind the ball still, okay? So hopefully integrative medicine medicine can be the future a lot faster than it's moving because we really need it a lot faster. But there are hospitals that are starting to do this. There are clinics and centers that are starting to do this. And so we are getting there, but there's still work to do. So if you are, for example, a doctor or someone that hasn't quite gotten into what's happening, if you haven't quite gotten hip to it, know that it is on the way. That is really where we're headed. Keep your mind open because you definitely want to be on the right side of 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 this information. You want to make sure that you know um, 
what 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 is really going on. So, okay, I told you a little bit about how your perception, how your conditioning might actually affect you at no fault of your own, no reason to be embarrassed, no reason to be. This is how everyone started. I started this way too. So don't worry about it. We will definitely get there together. Now, if you're looking to maybe bridge the gap or begin to think about the value that traditional indigenous healing has to offer everyone, then maybe you should start reading things like Carl Jung, Man in Search of a Soul, or uh, Man and His Symbols. These are some of the works that he's put out that, that might be of some value. And I'm going to tell you why there's value in what he provided. And then also I'm going to tell you why absolutely there was no value in what he had provided. There's good and bad to Carl Jung. So you do have to keep that in mind when you read. But there are some good things as well. Some of the good things that he brought was his clinical observation, the clinical research he had done. He had been able to document cases where people were, for example, having dreams about their death before it actually occurred. That makes us wonder, huh, how did that happen? (laughs) How did someone have a dream about something that was going to happen? Now, sometimes he made uh, he took liberties to explain why they were happening, and he was really dead wrong. Um, nowadays, we have that information because we uh, understand this world more because of the traditional indigenous disciplines and, and the knowledge and wisdom that they provide. But at least he was able to document these things, which is great. Other things that he was able to observe in his clinical research were like when people were seeing symbols, ancient symbols, and people who had no contact with these societies or religions, and they were having these symbols, and these symbols were still uh, meaning the same thing that meant in, in that time. And it was kind of like, well, how did they even access these symbols? And Carl Jung liked to look into all of these things. So he knew about these symbols. And as soon as they came up, he knew what they were. Um, but it, it kind of makes us wonder, well, how did that happen? And he had his own explanations, where, which are kind of interesting. But, um, but again, he took liberties. We don't have to take liberties. Uh, Carl Jung was really kind of observing through the windows, okay, of a house. Uh, and inside of the house, uh, traditional indigenous healers go in and out all the time. So there, we have information to make a better uh, guess as to why these things are happening. Um, I think Carl Jung really didn't have that kind of base. He, he didn't have that foundation, which would have been great. Unfortunately, I think he, he, he thought people were primitive. Uh, he thought maybe... They didn't have too much of value of what they were saying, although he did. Of course, he said that, you know, it's good that they're in touch with this aspect. But I think there was always like this kind of racism um, and and this a little bit of bigotry going on. And, and, you know, it actually affected his work. So if you do check that out, I just, you know, grain of salt. But you could observe some of these things. And I think, you know, if you wanted to check it out, you could. And Carl Jung also mentioned that he saw how the disconnection between the physical and this more metaphysical aspect of who we are is causing us a lot of problems, a lot of mental problems. There's a lot of disconnection. We can't be disconnected from another part of ourselves without seeing some consequences to it. So this is an even more important reason why we have to start to integrate this. We have to have integrative medicine because it is not good for us not to embrace the entire 
clarity of who and what we are. So that is the beginning of things that I wanted you to consider. And in the next episode, we're going to start getting into the world of ancestral sciences and this discipline that traditional indigenous healers have been able to master for a very long time. And we'll talk about energetic complications and what exactly the energetics of the body are, according to traditional indigenous healers. And this is the aspect that people don't understand in terms of that biomedicine paradigm. So we're going to help you catch a glimpse of what is going on in these traditions. All right, so that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're on Instagram, go ahead and look us up. We are Traditional Medicine Miami. And you can also go on our website, traditionalmedicinemiami.com and connect with us there. Thank you so much. I hope you're having a great day or night wherever you may be. And I look forward to hanging out with you again soon.